0: We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy, instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales, instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars.
1: We love our dogs, they love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook, and Ricardo
0: Ball on ECNZ. Good morning, happy Sunday to you from the Dog Speed team, Mark Rosinowski and Andy McCook with you this morning as we reflect on a wonderful night of premier greyhound racing action at Addington on Friday night. My co-host Andy McCook was lucky enough to call it all. His first group one commentary, he got two in the night and a group two, plus all of those races uh, underneath it brought some of the best dogs from around the country in their various classes together. On a freakish night of greyhound racing and so andy as i talk to you on the sunday morning i'm wondering if out of all of those highlights is there one thing something special that you took away from friday
1: yeah good morning to you Rosso, and everybody tuning in to dog speed this morning just to be fair just the whole car just the whole experience of I've been lucky enough to uh, to to call a meeting like that, like you say, a couple of Group Ones on the card, a Group Two, you know, getting to call dogs of the the caliber of No Keeper winning fourteen from fourteen and looking almost unbeatable at this stage uh, over anything further than six hundred metres. Obviously, you know, getting to call greyhounds like Jatan, who uh, are just starting to take the world by storm, and G Rosso, some some just absolutely mouthwatering clashes as well, you know, Mustang Charlie. Versus Tel bingo Bale, we got the race we wanted. They went to war down the back straight. Tel bingo just a little bit stronger late in the piece. But it's great when you get the race that it looks like it's going to be on paper and it doesn't disappoint.
0: I feel like from a racing perspective in Greyhounds, uh, Andy, that one of the best things that's sort of emerged over the past couple of years, and look, we have called for it for a while, but it has been done, and that is the boosting of the stakes on these premier nights, the grouping of these races together. I'm not sure what it's like from a trainer's perspective. There might be some races that trainers would prefer to be further apart or not on the same night or not on the same card or whatever. But for me as an analyst, as somebody who enjoys it and a punter, um, those cards are now exceptional. It's not about just the one race on the card, kind of like a Melbourne Cup day. And we used to have a few of those meetings where it might be the Duke of Edinburgh, Silver Collar, and that was a fantastic race and a good occasion, but the undercard was just the same old usual Sunday. Well, that doesn't happen anymore, and I think it just helps to promote the races themselves that are Group 1, like the New Zealand Oaks and the New Zealand St. Ledger the other day, but because most of the best greyhounds from around the country are there, not all of them, but most, running for those extra stakes, it just gives a boost to the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it certainly does, and uh, you know those, those premier meetings are, are just unbelievable. Essentially, on the undercard on on Friday, we saw what could pretty much be a, a galaxy sprint, and you know the if you if you take Opawa superstar and dogs like that out of it, the that class five five hundred was was close to a cup field with dogs like Telbingo Bala, Mustang Charlie, and uh, some some really nice greyhounds going around in them. So certainly those premier nights. are... Uh, a very good, I think, in terms of the, you know, putting the trainer hat, Rosso, the 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 one that I I still struggle a little bit to understand is the the Saint Ledger being on the same night as as the Oaks. Essentially, it's it's taking a Group One opportunity away from some of our best. Restricted age bitches that race around in the country. Obviously, Charlotte Lou would be competitive against uh, most, if not all, of those greyhounds over 520 meters. And essentially, it's taken her chance out of winning a Saint Ledger out of out of uh, the equation. But certainly makes for a, a super night's racing. There's no doubt about that. Essentially, we had an Oaks and a Derby on the same night, both at addington both over 520 meters. So it's a stellar night.
0: Yeah, well, that's what it's like, Andy, actually. And, and look, I, I think it's important that these things are debated. I think it's important that opinions are heard. I think it's important that the process in the calendar is reviewed, and it is. It, it's constantly reviewed. I think all, all codes are, uh, are always doing that. We've seen what's happened in harness racing uh, in the last few months, an enormous shake-up in their calendar. Um, With, with that, Andy, um, rightly or wrongly, uh, with the St. Ledger, like you say, it's almost like having a derby. And it's over 520 metres. Now, that is the world tradition of derbies, is over the 520 metres, not over the 457, which we have here in New Zealand at Cambridge. Now, I'm not going to debate whether that's right or wrong. Since 2002, it's been at Cambridge, and it's been over 457 metres. Now, I think this year, we had a winner, and I don't want to disrespect him, because he's very, very fast and good greyhound, Diego Jim. But we had a winner who I think, from what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, uh, is going to struggle to win over 520 metres. In that respect, Andy, I don't mind that we have the Derby. It is where it is and what it is, and it's a great occasion and a good card, but it is over the 457. Um, I think there's an argument, strong argument to be made that it should be over the 520, and the St. Ledger almost provides that now. I don't think that's the the, the process or the thesis behind it, but that's just my thoughts. I do like seeing those dogs over the 520 metres uh, tackling the Derby, but... As you say, we end up with almost an Oaks and a Derby on the same night, but it does take away what was traditionally an opportunity for for both sexes to get involved. I guess we have that with the New Zealand Futurity, and and I wonder, Andy, whether St. Leger fits in full stop, and whether there's a, a you know a, a decent thought process that needs to, to happen uh, you know for that in total. Is it does it? I, back in the day, we used to have a uh, race where. Um, we had, it was run, it was the New South Wales St. Leger, we were part of that series, and whoever won the New Zealand leg of that then went over to Sydney and represented New Zealand in the New South Wales St. Leger, but that's going back a few decades now.
1: That's going back a little bit before my time, I think, Rosso, just quietly. I think you're reaching way, way back into the memory banks to start recollecting that sort of carry-on. But uh, yeah, yeah, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, Rosso's a, a discussion for another day, I guess, and probably for people above our pay grade, but... Just the it's you know we, we we've obviously had to compact the the calendar down with things that have happened and and these premier nights are, are very good as we've said but yeah it's it's just the one I just can't get my head around it it's it's you, you know restrict the restricted age season is is literally a season you get once with these greyhounds and when you're, you're lucky enough to have some some very talented um, girls running around you know the likes of Charlotte Lou and and even Opawa Gina Mandy Jewell and and the likes all of those greyhounds that went around. In the new zealand oaks essentially it's it's one less group one opportunity that those greyhounds get to race for so i sort of haven't been able to to, to get my mind around the the thought process or, or why it's happened like that but you know like we said it, it has made for a very good night of racing and uh, essentially that's what we're in it for
0: andy just on the uh derby oaks scenario of course diego Jim winning the new zealand derby at cambridge and charlotte lou now the oaks at christchurch both owned by Josie Arthur, she will be our first guest very shortly on Dog Speed, trained by Jack Hart. Went back through my records, Andy. I, I believe that Jack's the third trainer to win the Oaks and the Derby in the same season. Dave Fahey, Dave and Jean Fahey, uh, in 2009, uh, with uh, Johnny Midnight in the Derby, Winsamuno in the Oaks, and 10 years prior to that, Craig Roberts with Denzel Bale in the Derby. That was back in the days when it was at uh, Monaco, and uh, the Oaks with uh, with Cyprian Bale. Paul Wheeler, of course, the late Paul Wheeler, owned the two bale dogs, and so Jose Arthur by my reckoning, the second owner, to have the Oaks and the Derby in the same year, which is truly extraordinary, and we'll chat to Jose uh, soon, but but certainly um, the addition of uh, Jose and, and Donald to the greyhound community over the past few years has been spectacular with the greyhounds that they have bred and have raced. Andy on the undercard are uh, five winners, including a group one quinella, a couple of quinellas in total for uh, Craig Roberts. He'll be our second guest on the card. And then, no keeper, we had Gary Cleave, the trainer of the great stayer, no keeper, unbeaten, as you said, 14 beyond 600 metres. I think it, look, I hope people don't become blase about this, okay? We know there's a small pool of stayers, particularly when it gets beyond 700 metres. But when I looked through that field the other night, there were certainly some capable stayers that he was able to beat by eight lengths in an outstanding time. Great sprint lead up. Does it from the front, which isn't easy uh, for a stayer when they're going hard throughout. And I'm thrilled that he's going to be at the uh, Silver Collar in a few weeks.
1: He's just a phenomenal animal, isn't he, no keeper? He, he's got speed that sees him compete against the very best over 520 metres and 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 those middle distance journeys. And then the, the ability to carry that on and, and do it over 700 metres. And, and Rosso he came in fresh as well. We hadn't seen him for a month, which, you know, it's, it's hard to keep any greyhound up and, and fit enough to compete in, in any race when they haven't been able to start for a month, but when you're coming into a Group Two staying race over 732 metres, it's it's very very hard. So the team there, Gary and uh, and Gaylene, and obviously Sydney and uh, and Anthony helping uh, helping out as well with the the dogs, and it's a massive team effort and, and a family affair. But the the effort that's gone into getting him cherry ripe to keep that record going is is just absolutely phenomenal. And you know to to, to be able to run through that sprint section in 1729 is it's unbelievable, Rosso, that he can then carry that on for 732 metres. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I
0: marvel at the stayers, uh, Andy, who have reeled off some stunning sectionals at places like Hattrick and uh, and Addington, and those sprint sectionals have been outstanding, and Manico, for that matter, as well. And dogs like Ring the Bell, for example, in his prime, used to be a good front-running stayer, who unfortunately, um, we lost to injury when who knows what she would have done, dangle a carrot, and she used to do it from the front. That was in the days of Swift Fantasy, doing it from the back. And that's the more spectacular way of doing it, and and probably captures our attention more. But to do it from the front when they're straining every sinew, cutting out sectionals like that, Andy, something special. So just before we move along, um, 779 metres, and you've got to do it in the heat and then you've got to do it seven days apart, and it has trapped some dogs in the past who we thought might be silver-collar winners that ultimately just weren't able to do that. Given who he's likely to race against this year, what are your thoughts around no keeper 7.79 week apart?
1: I think he's a sort of greyhound who can handle it, and I think the thing that holds him in really good stead, Rosso, is that he's had trips to Auckland in the past for, for Auckland Cup Series and he's made the finals and had to trek back up. So he knows the travel, he knows the trip and he obviously handles that relatively uh, relatively good. So obviously you never really know with them until they have a crack at the 779 because it is uh, it is tough work and it's a whole lot harder than the 732 metres. But Rosso, I think just sort of based on what he's racing and how easily he's uh, putting them to the sword and beating them, it's really hard to go past him. It's really hard to think it's going to, to hook him up enough in that final that something's going to be able to beat him unless we see something uh, unbelievable or something you know, something new that we haven't seen yet. And Rosso today we we see a six hundred out of Auckland and you know, whether a couple of those Greyhounds are are going to try and make their way towards the collar. Greyhounds like Opawa Kirk and Thrilling Fern, Opawa Albert, thrilling rogue, like that six hundred meter field today is very, very good. And Hopefully one or two of those, or all of them, can can run a little bit further, get the 779 metre journey, and we might have a little bit of a race on our hands because at the moment it's just all one-way traffic.
0: Yep, like the run of Humbling in behind the other day, but was eight links back, of course. The others that were trying very hard, Nighthawk style, third, no account. Uh, The brother, no keeper, home in. Fourth spot in that Kingston Cup at Group Two level. But we're going to concentrate on the group ones. Very shortly we're going to catch up with the successful owner of Charlotte Lou who won the Selwyn Require Vet Services Oaks. And yes, Jose and Donald Arthur did sponsor the race that they won with Charlotte Lou on Friday. Back soon here on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Yeah, check out Love Z, some of the most gorgeous videos you will see of greyhounds from puppies through to adult size on that particular website don't forget to grnz.co.nz they have form field form replays stops reports everything you'll need of course we've got a meeting out at Monaco this afternoon as we usually do on Sunday for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. And later in the show, we'll be having a chat with uh, Corey Steele, trainer who might be able to bag a few winners for us. Sandy McCook's calling that meeting a little later today. But right now, we welcome in our first guest of the show. And it's a real pleasure to have uh, Jose Arthur in, who is the owner of Charlotte Lou, also of uh, Diego Jim. Diego Jim, of course, winning the derby, as we mentioned earlier. But on Friday night, it was Charlotte Lou winning the 2022 Selwyn Require Vet Services New Zealand Oaks. Yes, Jose and Donald Arthur. Did sponsor the race, and they won it with Charlotte Lou. Josie, a very good morning to you. Congratulations to to you, to Donald, to the Jack Hart, uh, Kirsty Taylor team, everybody involved out there. What was it like for you on Friday, winning a race that you sponsored? How were the emotions?
2: Oh, um, good morning. Um, amazing. Um, nice to celebrate it with the team. Um, I could tell the rest of the team were quite nervous, and um, but fun to um, celebrate it together. So, yep, um, great being there on the night. And we had um, Vanessa, um, Ray's daughter there. So, you know, it was a a really good evening.
0: So the late Ray Adcock you were talking about and Vanessa, his daughter. And and Ray, of course, was uh, a man who I guess was probably instrumental in getting you involved in greyhound racing in the first place, Jose?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, we haven't been in the industry that long, um, probably about ten years, and it started by um, our daughter wanting a part-time job, and um, she was working in the weekends at Ray's kennel. And um, my husband, Donald, he um, he she didn't have a license, so um, she he would drop her off and pick her up, and said to Ray, "I wouldn't mind one of those dogs." And Ray and his his, his way said, oh, "Well, I don't train any. I'll, I'll get you one." And we um, and started. Um, we imported Mini's Fantasy from Australia, and that's how it began.
0: And what a beginning that has been! Uh, Minnie's Fantasy, the dam of Jemima T, who's the dam of Diego Jim, the uh, Derby winner, and Minnie's Fantasy. Minnie's Fantasy also, of course. Uh, the Dam of Tea Time, because Jemima Tea and Tea Time are little sisters and Tea Time's provided uh, Charlotte Lou from the second mating to Fabregas. So um, what an incredible start for you. Jose, did you ever think at the beginning yeah. that it would turn out like this a decade later?
2: Oh, not at all. Not at all, but um, no, we've had a lot of fun along the way and um, and I think um, that's probably Ray's legacy. He, he enjoys having young people or others um, enjoying the industry and, and we've you know we've got a few syndicates that are joining us now and it's I think that's what makes it fun is um, you have a group of people that get a real buzz out of it
0: you mentioned um, some nerves in the camp the other night how are you watching these races Joe say and and uh, were there nerves for you on Friday and it does, is it tougher when you've got the favorite paying a dollar fifty?
2: Oh, definitely when, when you've got the favourite, I kind of think there's, um we have been the favourite before and you've got to have a bit of luck on your side. And um, so I, I get a little bit nervous, but I, I kind of, I'm probably more nervous for the rest of the team because they've put so much effort in. And um, I, I think that's what's nice is when you get a win, it's a win for the team, Um you know, everyone that's involved just uh, are on a real high. It's um, a knockout, an amazing at- atmosphere and fun to be around.
0: And Joe, say, look, we, we know that you need some luck in this game. Of course you do. But what you seem to have been able to achieve and the greyhounds that have been bred uh, along the line since you, you got Minnie's Fantasy, it's got to be a wee bit more than luck too. So, look, how do you go about sorting out who's going to, to, to what sire and who you're going to breed from?
2: yep that um that was um down to ray um as we we didn't know anything and um when um minnie finished her racing career ray said to us she's her breeding's too good you've got to breed with her so we said well how do you do that and where do you go what do you do so um that's where um she went to um amberley um and then from there on the pups were good and he said you've got to breed with the best and so that's when we got um, and, and he, it was Ray that would say oh, you need to go to Fabregas or you need to go to whoever and um, we just followed what he said and that's worked for us it's, um, it's been an amazing ride so far.
0: It certainly has well the first Fabregas tea time litter uh, brought you Bolty, who still owns the track record at Addington Raceway. I'm kind of wondering because you've got a, a fine body of, of work in terms of greyhounds that you've raced and feature races that you've won, Joe say. So are, are there any couple of dogs so far in the 10 years you've been involved or any couple of races that kind of stand out the most to you and Donald?
2: Um, probably our first Group 1 um, win, which was in Auckland, um, I think two, 2018, the railway sprint um, with Rosa T, Um what was nice about that is Ray was there, um, my sister was there. She doesn't have a greyhound but she yelled I think louder than anyone else and it was just the um, you know, that, that whole excitement and, and the shock that we won, you know? And then, and Ray made the comment, he said, oh, it's not always that easy, you know <laughs> So I think we were um we were very lucky and um yeah, no that that was just like wow, well, we did it, you know. Um, so yeah, that one that one sticks out. Um, and also Charlotte, little in front of me, I think there's something about being on the track at the track um, when they race, and, and you get the butterflies, but um, the excitement afterwards, and just being able to congrats, congratulate everyone—that's amazing. And then also Bolte with. Um, you know, getting a track record um, and that that it still stands. And um, so that's that's exciting. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah.
0: And certainly. And and Rosa T, of course, that you mentioned winning the railway there for you, was from the Fabregas Minis Fantasy, uh, from a Fabregas Minis Fantasy litter. Um, And now Rosa T is the mum of Master Porthos. Now, he won on the undercard on Friday. And, of course, he ran third in the derby recently behind Diego Jim, who, of course, you own. But Master Portos was brilliant on Friday, sitting outside Homebush Sirius, who's a serious, serious sprinter, as we know, and winning in 17 seconds. So um, how good was seeing that on the on the undercard as well, Master Portos, for you?
2: Oh, we, yes, we had a, a fabulous um, kind of few days, really. Um, Jack and the team did um, exceptionally well. So, um, yes, um, I think you take the wins when you get them, don't you, and and enjoy them.
0: Little bit of talk about Master Portos possibly going over to to Melbourne to try and compete in some of those uh, decent priced races that are around the 450 meters, uh, Joe. Say, okay, look, are you are you across mm-hmm. that? Do you and Donald drive any of that, or is it down to to, to um, Jack Hart and the team?
2: Yeah, we totally leave it to Jack. I mean, Jack will um, say to us, I think um, we should do X, Y, Z, and we just like we always used to leave it to Ray, we also leave it to Jack and his team. They know what they're doing. Uh, we don't, we're, we're just enjoying the ride with along the way.
0: Loving some of these names. Uh, what's the inspiration behind some of the names? We've, we've seen sort of golfing references and a variety yeah. of other things. So what goes yeah. into that for you and Donald?
2: Yeah, um, a little bit tricky because often um, names you think of, they're already taken. So, um, Donald's a keen golfer so that's where all the, the tees, tees started um, but then we couldn't continue with that name so at the moment we've got some um, young ones coming up which are famous golf courses like Muirfield um, so you know there there've been a lot of golfing tunes and we've got some hooked on scotch puppies coming through so we're trying to get some whiskey names in there. Um, Johnny Walker was, was not available but um, you know it, um, so we we end up with a big list, and everyone's always chipping in as to what they think is sounds good, um, and then we just put put the list in and see what comes out. It was great having um, the loo dogs. They've you know um, being able to um, link the name to the the dam was been quite fun because then people know oh it's all from the same litter. So um, but often we can't keep doing that. So yeah.
0: Excellent. And look, you sponsored that race too on uh, on Friday night, which is which is not insignificant. So uh, the Selwyn Require Vet Services, that's uh, yours and Donald's uh, practice. And, and, and clearly you're, you're happy to have your name on, on one of the feature races on the Greyhound calendar in New Zealand. Uh, yes, yes. So um,
2: we've had the um, practice uh, about 26 years, so based in Dunsandall. Um predominantly a dairy cattle practice, but we do see lots of cats, dogs, alpacas, everything else as well. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, see see greyhounds as well. Um, we, do, we don't we don't do not um, do orthopedics or anything like that. We tend to stick to spays and vaccines and stitch-ups and things like that. So, yeah, no, so we're, we're very proud to be associated with the greyhound industry.
0: And we're delighted to have you involved, Jose, and glad that you and Donald are getting the success that you are and, and hope that there's much more to come and given the, the nature of the dogs that you've got going at the moment for sure and indeed the breeding you're doing. I know you were dropping off some hooked-on Scotch Oakmont pups uh, to Jack's place yesterday at about 12 weeks of age. That's just fantastic and we really appreciate your time this morning.
2: Great, thanks very much.
0: Josie Arthur there, the owner of uh, Charlotte Lou. And a variety of other dogs, uh, including the Derby winner, Diego Gem. Quite a feat to win the Derby and the Oaks in the same year. You're on dog speed. Uh, another of the big happenings on Friday was, well, of course, the New Zealand St. Ledger. It was Quinellid by a trainer who's had a bit of success in the race, and that's Craig Roberts. And would you believe it, he won five races On a Premier Stakes card, we'll chat to Craig right after this. Very shortly, we're going to have a chat with uh, Craig Roberts, who trained five winners on a Premier night of racing, including a Quinella in the Group 1 New Zealand Saint-Ledger. Just before we do, had a text through from Carl asking if Fabregas, the greyhound that we've talked about as a sire, was named after a football player. Indeed, he was named after the uh, Spanish superstar Cesc Fabregas. And as a greyhound in Australia, he won 12 from 13. Yes, only beaten once in his... um, he has sired thousands upon thousands of winners ran won a uh, group one national sprint before he was two years old, did Fabregas, and he's been a huge influence in New Zealand breeding, as you can tell just through our program tonight, let alone the other many hundreds and hundreds of winners here in New Zealand by Fabregas. Andy McCook, um, as I say, you, you commentated the night on Friday, one of the best nights of, of the year as it turned out, and one man's name who you mentioned quite a lot we're, we're about to have on board.
1: We certainly are, and uh, yeah, mentioned it a lot, not only uh, training five winners, but uh, but getting a couple of Quinellas on the card as well, and of course, Quinella in the Group 1 Active Electrical, Christchurch, New Zealand, St. Ledger, of course, we speak of Craig Roberts. Craig, uh, a very good morning to you, thanks for joining us on the show.
3: Yeah, good morning Andy and uh, Rosso and listeners.
1: Must have been a, an absolute uh, field day or a, a pleasure of a night for you on Friday night, winning uh, winning five, but... Of course, Cornella in the big one, the uh, the Group 1 Saint-Ledger, run us through the emotions of the race when you're going into the first corner running 1-2. That must be uh, that must be phenomenal.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always pretty good when you hit the first bend in a Group 1 in your first and second, that's for sure. Um, I, I think uh, Matt um, Matt style go Johnny go probably helped me a fair bit there, and uh, Matt wasn't shy to let me know that too. But um, <laughs> no, it was good. I thought I thought um, Naya would have held the lead, but uh, Melville just had too much pace for him around that bend, and um, and you know Naya was coming back at him, at the end, but uh, yeah, no, he just um, he had enough gas in the tank to to uh, hang in there, and. Um, you know, going down the back, I, I thought uh, O'Carroll okay, superstar was close enough too, and I, because I know Melville's was not super strong, and I thought you know he'd probably grab him, but that um, nah, was Naylor that made the late charge. But Melville had enough; uh, he, he just had enough of a buffer and and uh, and hang on.
1: Going into it, you obviously came up with uh, with Box 1 and Box 8 for the two runners, and they were both sort of drawn where they wanted to be. Melville was, was rough in terms of the market. He was a double-figured price runner. Was was he rough in your mind, or was, was it no surprise to see him being able to compete in, and win a race like that?
3: Oh, yeah, no, he wasn't rough in my mind from the draw. Um, no, and, and, you know, we, we had seen a couple of times uh, in his previous races that he did show a lot of speed. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, yeah look. Uh, uh, more often than not, I, I don't feel well in group finals when it comes to draws. So I was pretty happy to um, to get exactly the draws that both those dolls needed. It, um, it's it's a rare occurrence to me, but um, and that certainly helped. Obviously, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it certainly helps, but they've still got to have the speed to do it. When you imported Melville from Australia, Craig was he a greyhound that came over with a a reputation to be able to go on and win Group Ones? Oh,
3: I, I, look, we was never. They never tell me, you know, what they expect the dogs to do when they come over. Um, probably the only time that, um, well, when Paul was alive, the only time he sort of said that, um, well, you know. I'd have a lot of fun with dogs. Was was the Byrne brothers, um, Dirk Bale and Alan Ablett and Avenger Bale. and he was obviously pretty right there. But so we, we don't have any expectations um, normally, unless you know that's, that's one one that's been highly competitive over there and 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 come here because it's been naughty. But so we, we just get them and assess them ourselves and and, and place them uh, as best we can to to kick off their careers here and. Um, you know, get the confidence with a lot of those um those dogs that come in is the big thing, and uh, you know, you've, you've got to make them feel big and brave and bold, and you know, get that confidence into them, and and um, and they they'll pay you back with um, you know, with their performances on the track. And so, so Melville's just you know, he, he, you know, we we sort of worked out fairly early on that he, he, he did have a, a good amount of speed and. Um, you know, a race like uh, that, from that draw, he um, was always going to be a big chance.
1: Obviously, you had a, a, a really big night on the undercard, but before we touch on a couple of those, you, you had a couple of runners in the, the Group 1 New Zealand Oaks and a, a couple of runners that you bred yourself uh, along with, uh, obviously, your partner, Angela Washington. So is it is it a different, a different feeling, Craig, going to Group 1s with, with greyhounds you've bred and, and had from day one as compared to, to, to the ones you bring in from Aussie?
3: Oh, not really, mate. Like it's you know, you, you, I mean, regardless of where the dog comes from, it's you just have the pride in the fact that it, you know you've you've got them into a, into a group one final. So, um, you know, like when I suppose when they've been with you since day one, it, it um, it's it's a more more personal type thing. But but you know, once they get to our kennels, they're all treat. You know, we love them all the same. So. Uh, well, well you yeah, know, it was it was good to to have a couple in there that we had bred, but um, you know, like I say, it's it's uh, we're just happy to have you know have any dog in a group one final, and um, and and I'll tell you what, to be to be fair, Mandy Jewell was a bit stiff too because she she just got a back legs clip going around that first and that cost her two or three lengths, and. Um, she was stomping home at the finish, and uh, you know if you watch the race through to the to the lower, she was uh, right with the winner at the lower.
1: Yeah, it was a massive effort from her. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Craig, on the undercard, we saw Tel Bingo Bale win as well in a, a twenty nine eighty and a greyhound with a, a fair bit of speed and a a bit of stamina on his side as well. He's a, a pretty handy animal.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, he's uh, he's an unassuming fella too. That dog. He's pretty quiet around the kennels and. Uh, you, you don't even know he's there, but uh yeah, look, he's I, I could be I could be wrong, but I think he's won about uh eight at Addington now and I think seven of them he's gone sub thirty. Um and the and the one time that he that he won and didn't break thirty, he went thirty oh two. So um look, you know, he's he's uh you know he, you know he's probably. I mean, he hasn't won a Group One yet, um, but you know I rate him uh, right up there with um, dogs like Diana Vickers and and um, um, Alan Adlitt and Dirk Bale and that. You know he's um, he is a very very good
1: dog. What's on the horizon for Donna uh, for tell Bingo I and of course? Donna Dave either. It's hard to forget Dinah Dave, Craig. It's hard to forget Dinah Dave. Uh, what's on the horizon for uh, for Tel Bingo and Naya and Malvo, have you anything planned for the the next few weeks for them?
3: Oh, not 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 really. Andy, I haven't decided whether I'll go to Palmerston North or yet. Um the boats are, the the ferries the are a bit of a nightmare uh, these days, but um so you know that's in the back of my mind whether to go there or not, um, and uh, obviously uh, we'll be looking towards the uh, Waterloo Cup um, up at uh, up at Manicare. Um and I, I don't know, but I might um, I might look at just stepping Rajar and Delicious Bale up a bit in distance and uh, possibly a uh, possible candidates for the for the silver collar heat.
1: Yeah, that's really good. We'll, we'll quickly touch on Raja. Of course, he's he's uh, one of the, the grand old campaigners of the Kenna. And, gee, he was very good on Friday, winning over 600.
3: Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, yeah, look, he'll improve he'll improved. Uh, heap off the back of that. His uh, run home was 12.87, which it's not super, but it's, I was happy enough with it, it you know, like it's... Uh, it's a good. It's it's good enough for your first go back over the six hundred. So um, and, and Delicia was running on real nice too. So um, that's uh, yeah. Well, but, you know I think looking you're looking at the two of them. Uh, they're going to be going over uh, more ground over the next few months.
0: Well, Craig. Uh... You broke my scoop there, mate. I was about to ask you about Raja, whether he might get 700 and particularly delicious bale, because I love the way the New Zealand Cup winner hit the line the other day. But hey, congratulations from me. You've answered my question. Um, your other winner was Carlos Jewell. We won't go deeply into him. But what I would say is that I'm uh, delighted to see the the Jewell name still uh, up and running and, and performing on these nights, because... Uh, Back all those years ago when I first met you there at qe 2 Park at the sweepstake, it was uh, the Jewel name, the Silent Jewel. And I I think I called you Chris Roberts. He was a jockey at the time. So, uh, yeah, but uh, it's good all the way down the track, mate, that you're still having good fun with the Jewel name as well as the bale.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he's a beautiful dog that Carlos Jewel, too. And, and, um, uh, well, that was another Quinella. I think I must have had three Quinellas on the night, Raja and Delicia, and obviously the Group 1, and and then Carlos... um, Beating his older kennel mate, um, Money Spinner. So, hundred uh, percent right. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember those days way back uh, where we had fake Jewel, Rosso. He was, a, he was a handy dog. He was one of the, one of the early Jewel dogs.
0: Beaten in a Derby final, I thought we could have won, Craigo, but that's another story. We'll save that for another day. He did win a heat at least. <laughs> um, by the way, um, Jack Hart asked me to look back through the records to see um, if other trainers had come up with the, the Derby uh, Oaks. In the same season, and, and as far as I'm aware, you were the first in 1999, Crego with Denzel Bale and Cyprian Bale, and Gene uh, and Dave Fahey did it in 2009. But anyway, hey, thanks for uh, coming on this morning, and I uh, love talking about that uh, handful of uh, winners on Premier Night, and uh, I know you had 16 at the races, which is probably uh, a hell of a lot for you these days. <laughs>
3: It's, it's too many for me these days, brother. I, I, uh, I, I try to keep the numbers down a wee bit, and uh, I, I, try, I try to get quality, not quantity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good on you, Craig. Hey, uh, all the best to you, uh, to Angela and the team there as well uh, at Dual Racing. Finals. Yeah, well. We've reflected. Good on you, mate. Uh, we, we've reflected on the past. We better look to the future. We've got to find out some winners. Andy McCook, after calling on Friday, well, he's backing up today. He's going to be calling the action out at Monaco for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club, and we're going to get a trainer in shortly to hopefully service up a few winners. So, Man of Steel coming very soon. His name is Corey, right after this here on Dog Speed in association with Greyhound Racing New Zealand.
1: We love our dogs. They love to race. GRNZ.co.nz for all your fields and form. Results and replays and everything you need to know about greyhound racing here in New Zealand you will find on that website, including a little bit about the next person we have on the show, one of the young trainers through the country, trains a small team of dogs out of Auckland. His name Corey Steele. Corey, a very good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, morning, guys. Pleasure to have you on the show this morning, Corey. And uh, we know you've got a, a little bit of a team going around this afternoon and we'll touch on those shortly. But before we do, for those who aren't aware of who Corey Steele is, let's start at the beginning, mate. Obviously, a, a family connection to Greyhound Racing through your parents got you into the game. Is, is Greyhound something that you always wanted to chase from a young age?
4: Uh, I put it this way. I was born with a collar and lead in my hand. I mean, um, growing up, Mum and Dad were training dogs when I was born. Um, I've never known anything else, and it's all I've ever really wanted to do in life was carry on the family tradition.
1: Had a solid grounding as well, Corey. Obviously, travelling around the country a fair bit and, and working for a few different trainers is—is is that something that's helped you get to where you are now?
4: Well, I definitely think so. I've been really lucky to gain experience at a lot of top trainers' facilities, um, and I think. Now, now, with a bit of maturity on my side, it's really helped me develop into into my training game. Um, you know you, you take a little bit from each different person that you you talk to and and you can work out what works best for you and and what works best for the dog. so I've been really lucky to to as I say work alongside some um, really good people.
1: Give us a little bit of a chat through uh, your current setup. how many dogs do you have in work, how many can you fit in and and, and how do things work there?
4: Uh, so uh, I've got a new kennel block built on mum and dad's property. Um, it houses 10 dogs, and that's my max capacity at the moment. Um, if dad lets me eventually, I'd like to extend that to 20 as a, as a top number, um, but that's that's a few years down the track. Uh, everything I've got on the property is in work, um, barring a couple with a few niggly injuries, um, but that's where, I, that's where I'm sitting as, as at 10.
1: We see you uh, at the moment associated a fair bit with the Opawa Racing Limited, and that must be a a really good help for a, a young fella trying to start getting a, 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 a syndicate like that behind you to send you some nice animals.
4: Oh, definitely, um, Robin and the late Graham have been been super. Um, I, wo- I was working for Robin at the time, and he said to me, "Look, boy, you know if you get up get up home and and set up some kennels, I'll send you up some dogs." and um, so it took a good six months to get the kennels built. I left Robins and went and helped Dad build it all. He built it all himself. Um, and, and he rung him up and said, look, I've got the kennels ready. Um, have you got any dogs ready? He said, come down and pick them up. And have a look back since. It's, it's been a, a brilliant partnership. And I, I can't thank Robins to say the late-growing enough.
1: Already said, sitting on 20 winners this season, Corey. Is that about where you wanted to be sitting? Or are you travelling a little bit better than you first expected?
4: Oh, definitely a lot better than I first expected. I I I was sort of I started and lined up my first dog, um, actually Adobe Derulo, that Matt sent up to me uh, in December. Had a couple of starts with him, but didn't really fire up with the whole team until the middle of January. I thought if I get to 15 winners by the end of the season, I'm going all right. So I have 20 already and still uh, a couple of months up my sleeve is, is really good going. Um, Been really lucky. like I've got sent some nice dogs from Opawa Racing. Um, I was blessed with good box draws to start out with um, and, and they sort of come up at the right age and the right grade so I've, I've had a, a lot of fun with them.
1: Speaking of those dogs, Corey, we better try and find a winner. Race three, your line-up dog six, go Tina. A winner four starts to go and her form line is uh, is not the worst?
4: No, she's a funny dog. Um, she come up and, and she was a little bit spooky. Um, took a long time to sort of adapt to our facility but but she's jumping out of her skin at the moment and she's really turned the corner. Um, so she's had, had a couple of weeks off. Um, her box manners are really hidden. If she jumps with them, she'll be a good chance today. Um, but it all comes down to the draw in these sprint races.
1: Race 8 dog, 3-0 Power Rhino. A dog with a big engine just needs to get the start right.
4: Yeah, I was, um, I was a little bit disappointed with him on Thursday. I thought he'd go a, a better race, but the box stall might have let him down there and sort of got a few checks around the first thing. Um, he only has to get off the lids half half decent to really put himself in the race. He's got a big engine, um, but lacks a bit of brain. So he just needs to get a few things go his way. But um, around the 318 here at Manukau, he is he is very strong. So if he get to Lake Dash at him, um, he'll be half a chance.
1: Race nine, you've got Opawa Lucy going around. She comes up with box seven.
4: Yeah, she's, um, she's well graded here. She's one of only two C4s in the race. However, her box seven stats aren't that good, and she does like the fence. Um, it took us about nine or ten starts to get an inside draw up here at Manukau, and when she did, she won well. Um, I, just, I just don't think she's going to be able to get, get around the bend in front today, so I just don't think the box draw is going to allow her to show her full potential here.
1: And we move on to race 12, Corey, where you've got two going around. Opawa Luke gets off uh, the ballot into box number one. Nice draw for him and Opawa Bailey, who's in a a really nice patch of form at the moment.
4: Yeah, Luke, um, he's been disappointing his last few runs, uh, albeit he's downgraded now. Uh, He's got good box one stats. For the last couple of starts, he's wanted to go round dogs around that first spin instead of going underneath. So um, I'm not too sure how he's going to go today. I've given him a month off to freshen up. He's been working well at home. Um, but I think whatever happens today, we'll see a bit of improvement will come. And a power with Bailey, look, he's, he's a bloody good dog, but um, age isn't on his side anymore. If he can pull off the 451 early split he did um, five or six starts ago when run down by Crakey's good dog at George's Girl, um, he can put himself right in this race. And he's probably not bad money at the 550 I've seen him at this morning.
1: We always ask the same question, Corey. The five you've got going around, who's the best chance for the, uh, the punters at home to put a dollar on? i have to go uh, A power Reiner. Beautiful. Thanks for your uh, time this morning, Corey, and uh, best of luck with uh, not only your runners this afternoon, but uh, going forward as well. Thanks very much. Thanks for the time. That was uh, Corey Steele-Rosso, uh, a young fella who's been around a few kennels and he's certainly got a solid grounding in terms of training and he's starting to kick some pretty nice goals in uh, the early stages of his training career.
0: I can remember when he was just a very, very wee baby.
1: Uh, Corey stayed uh, a night (laughs) here at the Steel
0: Kennels. Unbelievable to uh, hear him speak as well as he does, and um, he's got a very bright future ahead, as have a number of young people in this business. We're only a month away from the Duke of Edinburgh, Silver Collar. We'll have a bit of concentration on that, of course, during the next month. There's going to be an exciting announcement at 6 o'clock tomorrow about the Silver Collar. Until next week, though, from Andy McCook and Mark Rosinowski, dog speed to you.